0: Well, good evening, North Goodland Baptist Church. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Sunday evening message as we continue to do church online. And we pray that you've had a blessed day today. I pray that you've enjoyed a wonderful afternoon with family. And I know that sometimes being quarantined with your family can be stressful. I understand that with kids especially. But as we said last week, I pray that you are enjoying the extra time you get with your your kids or just being able to be home more. Uh, Maybe you're getting some things done around the house uh, or around the yard that you haven't normally had time to do. And so I pray that you're investing where you can, enjoying some downtime as well, Uh, maybe getting some reading in or some different things. And so whatever you're finding yourself to do this afternoon or did this afternoon, I should say, I pray that it was just a great day. And uh, just enjoying the grace of God as we continue to worship Him. And as we said this morning, stay uh, praise-focused. Amen. So we want to keep that in mind. So tonight, uh, normally we'd be in Romans... Um, this, uh, however, this week we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, uh, next Sunday, um, Pastor Greg will be doing, uh, our morning and evening, uh, messages. And so, uh, because of that, we would be normally starting Romans chapter 10 tonight. Uh, but because of having him speak next week, Uh, We're going to wait on Romans and pick up chapter 10 uh, probably in a couple weeks here and move forward from there. So tonight what I want to do is just spend a few moments talking about uh, our time in God's Word, uh, meaning individually. uh, Getting into God's Word through the course of a day, through the course of a week, studying God's Word, uh, whether it be daily devotions, whether it be just time in God's Word, reading and praying, or whatever that looks like for you. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about why that is so important, especially with everything going on around us in these last couple of weeks and maybe even in the weeks ahead. And so we'll break into that just a little bit. But uh, I want to do this. I want to remind you uh, that if you have a prayer concern or anything that we can pray for you about, to please let us know, whether it be through email or text or through the app. Uh, Please let us know how we could be praying for you. Uh, Usually on Sunday nights, what we would start our service with is asking for prayer concerns, and then kind of I would just lead us in a time of prayer. And so, uh, if you have any kind of prayer concerns or anything that's going on in your life right now that you would like prayer for, uh, please take some time, email us, call us, text us. Uh, We'd love to be praying for you in any way that we can. And so, let's do this. We'll start with prayer, ask God to bless our time together, and then we'll get into our talk. Father, We thank you so much for your grace in our lives. We thank you for today and all that we've been able to accomplish and to be a part of. Uh, Thank you for your grace and just lavishing uh, us with your presence today and just allowing us to enjoy you. Uh, Father, I pray that we would worship you in spirit and truth as we get into your word. And I pray that we would desire to know you more and to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our salvation, that you would be glorified, that you would be promoted to this world, and that your fame would go forth in and through your church as we live for you. Father, be with our church family as we're not able to gather physically. I pray to be with those who are struggling in their health or have different concerns there, for those that are recovering from surgeries and things of that nature. And we just pray that you administer to them. Uh, thank you so much for uh, just the love and support of our church And I pray that you would be glorified in all that is said and done. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so uh, to start us off tonight, what I want to do is ask a couple questions. And so, uh, obviously, you're not going to be able to tell me what the answers are. Right? You can raise your hand all you want. I know some of you are not really big into raising your hands in church, and so in your living room or wherever you're listening to that in your vehicle, uh, this message I should say in your vehicle or wherever you are, uh, maybe you would just raise your hand, or maybe you would answer these questions out loud if you're by yourself. Uh, if you're not by yourself, uh, definitely think on these things. Uh, but I want to ask you uh, for yourself, um, how is your personal Bible study time going? Uh, how is it going in, as far as... Uh, Are you in the Word of God consistently? Uh, Maybe you would say, you know what, Pastor, I'm not really a morning person. I'm not really one of those people that just get up in the morning. You can ask my wife, I am not a morning person uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And so for me, I understand that. I get not wanting to get up first thing in the morning. You know, some of you are up at like 4.30 in the morning and it's just natural and you're just wired. Um, Just so you know, people like me uh, really struggle to love People like you. We really, really struggle to love those morning people. But uh, we're praying for you, though, so know that. But uh, maybe you're not a morning person. So maybe you say, Pastor, just getting in God's Word first thing in the morning. That's not really realistic for me. It's not a realistic expectation. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you if you get up first thing in the morning and get in God's Word. I'm not asking you if you spend three hours in Bible study. I'm asking, are you consistently getting into God's Word on a daily basis or maybe every other day basis. Are you consistently spending time in God's word? Whatever that looks like. Maybe it's 10 minutes. Maybe it's an hour. Uh, maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's at night. Maybe it's in the middle of the day. Um, it really, it's not so important when you do it. It's important that you do it. And we get hung up on the silliest things as followers of Christ. Sometimes we get hung up on, you know, I got to read so many verses and I got to do this. And got we put all these kind of conditions on our devotional time. And really it's about just spending time with God. You may read Five verses in a devotional time and spend your whole time just meditating on those verses. You might read one verse. You might read a whole chapter. Um, don't go into it with the expectation of, i got to read X or do this. Now, for those of you that are trying to, you know, read the Bible through in a year, that's a great goal. Nothing wrong with that. I, I encourage you to read the Bible through cover to cover. And so for you, maybe you are keeping like a, a daily checklist, you know, like, okay, I got to read this passage and this passage to stay up. So by the end of the year, I'm done. And I've read through the whole Bible in a year. Uh, Obviously, that's great. And you you can do that. What I mean is when it comes to our personal devotional time, don't come in thinking it's got to look like A or B that I have to read exactly 10 verses every single time. Uh, Let's try to be a little more open to God leading than that. Um, And really spending time with God in his word is super easy. Uh, it's about a couple things. So the first thing I encourage people to do is say, well, I don't know how to have a devotional life. I don't want to go too far into this, but let me just kind of set this up, and then we'll get into our talk, or the rest of the talk. Um, The first thing we have to do is stop what we're doing. And what I mean by stop what we're doing, I do mean stop physical activity, like just get away from whatever, put the phone away, put distractions away. But I mean stop mentally, too. Just stop mentally, and really mentally say, nope, time out, I'm putting a pause on everything, and I'm going to focus on God's Word. And then be quiet. So we're stopping thinking about other things. We're stopping, you know, distractions and all of that. Uh, maybe what you do is you tell your family or your wife or whoever, you know, hey, I, I just need 15 minutes. I'm going to spend 15 minutes in God's word. If you could just keep an eye on the kids or, or whatever, whatever, can you just take care of that so that that way I can have this time to spend with the Lord? Um, so we, we stop and then we're, we, we be quiet. We get quiet. Um, be quiet probably not the way to say that, but we get quiet. And that's when we start turning off the internal voices. We don't want to just be dwelling on things in our mind. We're going to stop and be quiet. We're going to be still before the Lord. And then we're going to connect. And connecting is simple. We're just going to open up God's word. We're going to get into God's word. And if you're sitting there thinking like, well, where do I even start? I mean, it's a big book. It's 66 books. You know, where do I even begin? Um, go to the gospel of John and just start in John 1, 1. And just start reading a few verses at a time. And just allow God to open your heart and mind to what he has for you. Uh, along with that, there's many, of different, uh, many different resources that you can get connected to. There's devotionals, daily breads, um, all kinds of resources online through YouVersion, through the Bible app. All kinds of things that you can get your hands on that will give you more of a, a track to run on. But I would encourage, before we even get into that, just develop the discipline of just getting alone with God. And just and not asking for something, but just desiring to hear from him. Once we get that discipline down, then yeah, absolutely. I encourage devotionals and things of that nature. Um, our Word of Life ministry offers devotionals to teens and parents that are actually the exact same devotional passage uh, for that day and week that your if your kids are in Word of Life, they would be on the same one. So if your first grader opens their devotional for week 23, on Sunday, and it's say it's Matthew one or something, you know Matthew chapter one verses ten to twenty. I don't know whatever. Um, you go to your devotional, and it would be the same passage, maybe just a little bit longer, a little bit more of a passage. So the adult one would probably be more like you know five ten verses, and the first graders is going to be like a couple verses. But it's the same passage, similar idea. So you're connecting with the Word of God, and you're able to talk to your students or your, to your kids about what they're going through in the Word of God. So it's a great resource that way too. So yes, get a devotional, get some tools, all good. Um, But the point is, we want to just be in the Word of God daily. So question again, how are you doing with your personal Bible study time? Um, Are you getting into God's Word consistently? Uh, During a time where we can't come together physically, uh, your personal time in God's Word is vital. Uh, There are a lot of reasons to engage God's Word But I want to look at two keys in our time together tonight. Just two quick keys and why we should be getting into God's Word. What are some some two practical, real-life reasons to get into God's Word? Well, the first reason we need to get into God's Word is it's how we know what's true. When I get into God's Word, it's how I know what's true and how I can discern what is truth. Acts chapter 17, if you have your Bible, Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. One of my favorite favorite verses. Um, to me, this is this is such a key in understanding what it means to get into God's word and to know truth. And so Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. It says this, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now, verse 10 tells us, And the brethren immediately said, Away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogues of the Jews. And so he's talking about these that are in Berea. And in verse eleven, after Paul has preached the gospel to them and taught them from the scriptures the who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do, in verse eleven we see and we read that these individuals of Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica, because they received the word with all readiness. Of mine, meaning they were ready to hear the word of God, so they're hungry for the word of God, and search the scriptures daily. So why why were they more noble? Because they were ready to hear the word of God, and then once they heard the word of God, they got into the word of God and said, we're going to make sure these things are true. We're going to search these things out. And so why is it important that we engage the word of God? It's so we know what is true. We need to search the scriptures daily. When we hear teaching, when we hear things in today's day and age, we need to know, are these things True. The Bereans got into God's word to see if Paul's teaching was true. They didn't just take his word for it. They said, we need to know for a fact that what you're telling us, God's word says, and what you're saying, God has said, God has actually said. Uh, this is exactly what Paul encouraged Timothy, a young pastor, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. So I'm going to go over there real quick. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 15. And this is Paul writing to Timothy, a young pastor, uh, somebody that he very much loves and cares for and kind of calls him a son in the faith. Uh, listen to what Paul encourages Timothy with in 2 Timothy 2, 15. He says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Here's the key, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So know how to discern what is true and what is not, and then what to do with that truth. Uh, in context, Paul is saying that the way we will be guarded from speaking idle or even uh, foolish things, uh, the way we'll be guarded against even false teaching um, and giving ourselves to false teaching is to study the word of God, to know what is true. Uh, and when I know what is true, I will be able to discern what is false. Um, I always use this illustration. It's the best one I can think of. Uh, those that uh, investigate counterfeiting Uh, rings and those that counterfeit money, uh, they will not try to memorize all the different ways that people counterfeit money. They won't look at counterfeit bills and say, okay, well, this is how they did that. This is how they did this. So that's how we're going to look for What they do is they study the real thing. They study the real money so well, and they know it so well, that when they see a counterfeit bill, they're able to instantly identify it and say, nope, that's false because I know the truth so well, the false money the counterfeit money is so much more obvious and it's so it's so true of our understanding of God's word the more I know the word of God and the truth of God's word and I've allowed God to teach me his word by the working Holy Spirit and by spiritual leaders over me by the pastors and leaders in our churches those who have studied the word of God and, and together in community we we study the word of God we we're held accountable um, by what we say the word of God means it, We back it up and say, this is really what scripture says. Um, Because of that, I'm able to then, when I hear a false teaching, I'm able to identify it. I know that it's not true according to God's word. Now, I know saying that, and we all go, yes, I should do that, Pastor. Yes, we should be in the word of God, so I know what's true, and so on and so forth. But I just don't have, and here it is, the time. I'm just so, so busy. Um, it's amazing. I I did a little research here. Uh, Barner Research Group in 2017 uh, said that the top reason, the number one reason that causes lower Bible engagements, now this is number one. There was a lot of things listed there, um, other things on the list, but the number one by far reason, 58% of those who were surveyed said The number one reason they have lower Bible engagement, that they're not in the Word of God consistently, is they are too busy with life responsibilities described as job, family, or etc. 58% of people say that they have lower Bible engagement because of life stuff, life responsibilities, family, job, etc. And that's huge. I understand life is busy. I understand things are, are crazy right now. But the truth is that we need to understand that it is vital that we engage the word of God, that we take time, that we make time for God's word. Um, That same survey in 2017 said that the number one reason people will get into the Word of God more consistently is they came to understand it has an important part of their faith journey. So what compels greater Bible engagement that it compelled they, they were compelled to be in the Bible more, is they came to understand it is an important part of my faith journey. 67, 67% of people said that that's what got them to realize I need to be in the Word of God more consistently. They understood it was a key, a vital key, in their uh, growth and their faith in understanding that. And this is not a surprise. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We must be in the Word of God consistently. Uh, We also need to know the truth because there are so many teachers out there. Uh, We have media. We have so many things available to us right now. Uh, YouTube and different things, different platforms. We can watch sermons after sermons. I'm talking, there's, there's thousands of sermons out there that we can listen to. And some of them are good and some are not. And how do we know what's good and what's bad and what to listen to and what not to listen to? What's false teaching or what's good teaching? We have to know, not because my pastor has given me a list of all the people I should listen to and a list of all the people I shouldn't listen to, But because the Word of God, I'm in the Word of God, I know the Word of God, and so when I hear a false teaching, I can identify that because I can discern that by the the leading and wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the knowledge of God's Word. So let me give you a caution here. Uh, As your pastor, uh, please use caution as you look for spiritual food right now as churches are not meeting together physically. Use caution when looking for spiritual food, not to merely settle for anything that you find. Not just for any junk food that you find out there, but to strive for food that is good and that will last. So we're striving for food which is good and that will last. Real real food, real word, the bread of God is truth. And we want to get a hold of that truth and live in that understanding. So one of the reasons we need to be in the word of God consistently is to know what is true. But secondly and quickly... One of the the other reason that I want to talk about tonight that we need to be in the Word of God consistently is that other people around us are hungry for truth. Uh, in our country, we think mostly because of media and the sin we see around us that no one in our country cares about God's Word. That no one in our country cares about the Bible. Uh, research shows differently. Uh, as of 2018, about half of Americans are quote Bible users. Now, we know that doesn't mean they're Christian. We're not saying that all of these individuals are believers or followers of Christ, but the survey showed that about half of Americans are Bible users. That is, they engage with the Bible on their own, whether it be through uh, their devices, whether it be through uh, a reference, or looking something up online, or just looking for a verse they've heard somewhere, um, listening to a message on their phone, something like that. Basically, outside of church, gathering for church and then using your Bible when the, when the pastor says on Sunday morning, turn to this passage. Outside of that, about half of Americans are Bible users. Uh, that means they are engaging with the Bible on their own. And that is an awesome, awesome thing. We should be pumped that people around us, whether they're believers or not, are getting into God's Word, whether they're curious or want to know more about something in God's Word. Survey goes on to find in 2018 that 66%, about two-thirds of Americans, express Bible curiosity. One in three express a strong desire to know more about the Bible. 53% of Americans who use the Bible in the last week, in the last week, so 53% of Americans who use the Bible in the last week Uh, a lot have thought about how that impacts their life directly. So they're getting in the Bible because they're curious, and then from that group that's getting in the Bible, 53% of them are saying, if they were in the Bible in the last week, then how does this apply to my life? And so what does that tell you and I? What does that say to us? That tells me that we must be ready to give them the truth when we can and show them that it does apply their life, that they can know the word of God by God's grace, and it does apply to them. It does make a difference in their life, and they may not be believers. They may not even know what the Bible is talking about in those passages, but we can come along with the truth because we've been in God's word. We know the truth, so now we can enlighten their minds by the working of the Holy Spirit. Understand, we're just a vessel, right? We're not convincing them of anything. God is doing this work. We're just the the, the tool in the master's hand, so he's using us, but we can now take what we've been studying God's word and convey it to them so that they're able to understand the truth of God's word. And I think about the story in Acts with the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip, and he's reading from Isaiah, and he says, who's this talking about? And Philip can show him and talk to him about the reality of Jesus Christ. But two other passages that I want to share real quick, and I know we're short on time, we're out of time already actually, but I want to go to two more passages. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, and so Galatians chapter 5, we're going to go over there. And so um, Galatians 5 and verse 1, it uh, tells us here, Stand fast, therefore, Galatians five one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Now, it goes on to say, and be not entangled with again with the yoke of bondage. But the key in that verse that I want to focus on is that phrase, stand fast. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Free. Stand fast means to be ready. First uh, Peter three. So go over to First Peter three, another passage that I want to reference quickly. First Peter three and verse fifteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What again is Peter saying? So we see in Galatians, we see that we're to stand fast, to be ready, to to be ready to move and act. Peter says the same thing. Be ready in every season. Be ready at all times to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Because people are wanting to know, therefore we need to be able to tell them the truth. And so I want to encourage you, get into God's word get into God's word and grow in grace, grow in knowledge of your salvation and the truth of God's word so that you're able then and ready to give an answer to those who will ask, why do you have a hope? Why, why do you have a peace? Why do you have a confidence? Uh, what is this Jesus thing? You know, someone may say, well, I was reading the Bible or I've read the Bible before and I really don't understand what this or that is talking about. And you can walk with them. You can encourage them. And so often we're like, you know, so quick to, to snap at somebody who doesn't know Christ and goes to the Bible because there are some who use the Bible in a negative way that way and try to get into the Bible that way. But do you know that research has found that the percentage of people who use God's Word, uh, maybe we're talking about atheists or agnostics or those who are maybe starting with a skeptical view of God and they're going to God's Word and using it as ammunition against Christians, do you know that statistics show that that number of those people is so much less? Than those who are just genuinely curious about the Bible, genuinely cu- genuinely curious about what God's word says. So you've got this large group of Americans who are just curious about the Bible, want to know more about it because they just don't understand it. You get this very very small percentage of people who are using it in a negative sense. So let's, as believers, get in the Word of God, know the Word of God so well by God's grace. And let me say that again: this is all God's grace. This is not me or you doing this in our own strength. Everything is infused with the grace. Of God, Him working through us by the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's get in the Word of God. Let's know the truth so that when we hear people asking questions, we can go to them and give them the hope that is in us. That's the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, again, statistics show that a vast majority of Americans, and again, we don't, we don't believe this because of media, but let's believe what we're seeing is reality that people are really curious and want to know. So let's give them that hope. Well, I pray that this has been a blessing to you and encouragement to you And I pray that you will have a great week ahead. Enjoy getting in God's word. And we look forward to seeing you real, real soon. God bless.